It's February 14th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got five briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, a big debate about who's responsible for the migrant invasion of America this morning. Republicans say it's that DHS secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. But Biden White House officials say that actually it's Kamala Harris. That surprising story coming up. Second, a question for you. Do you believe that Joe Biden should be tested for possible brain diseases given his mental decline? The White House weighed in on that yesterday, and House Republicans have as well. I've got the details. Third, the Russian government offered up a ceasefire to Biden officials this past fall, but they turned it down. We will talk about that in a bit. Fourth, an update for you on the State of the Union this morning. We are going to talk about how the economy is starting to push some traditional Democrats a little closer towards the Republicans. Fifth, I've got the latest on the farmer protests out of Europe with some data on why American farmers might just join them as well. Later, a listener question today with some spy talk, and it's going to be fun. But first, let's get to our top stories of the morning. We begin with a question, friends. Who do you think is responsible for the collapsed southern border and resulting invasion of America? Republicans in the House of Representatives came up with their answer yesterday. It's Alejandro Mayorkas, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. They impeached him by a vote of 214 to 213. He becomes the first cabinet secretary to be impeached since the year 1876. The charges now go on to the U.S. Senate, which will vote on whether or not to remove Mr. Mayorkas. Given that Democrats control the upper chamber, he is almost certain to keep his job. Even still, we should expect that he and Mr. Biden will face some painful facts about the millions of illegals who have come over the border to this nation on their watch. But then again, Mr. Mayorkas and Mr. Biden might say it's not their fault. Rather, it is the fault of Vice President Kamala Harris. Here's why. Axios News reports that White House officials say that Miss Harris is the one who has failed in her duties because she is the border czar. To refresh our memories on this, nearly three years ago, Mr. Biden announced that Miss Harris would serve as the administration's key official on migration. She was charged with two duties. First, to help stop the invasion, and second, to get to the root causes of why illegals are coming here in the first place. Three years later, though, the border is a disaster. In fact, two weeks ago, Mr. Biden said it's a crisis with millions of unvetted illegals now in the United States. White House officials told Axios News, mostly off the record, that Ms. Harris has obviously failed to do her job. They say that she has been disengaged, unfocused, and totally ineffective. To be fair, reporting shows that while Kamala may have been a failure, she was not alone. There has been apparently a profound dysfunction in the Biden White House starting on day one regarding this migration issue. Mr. Biden tried to distance himself from Donald Trump and his border policies early on, but in doing so, it led to widespread confusion, infighting, blame shifting and indecision with the problem going from bad to worse. Also flagged in this latest report and confirmed by other sources over the past few years, things are being made worse because of Mr. Biden's deep and growing temper. His irritability is growing more pronounced with each passing month. Staffers now describe him as being temperamental, moody, prone to emotional outbursts. 
And that is making it harder to make policy decisions, certainly related to the border, but really across the board. For what it's worth, various offices within the White House all denied these allegations. They say that first, Kamala Harris has done a wonderful job on the border, that staff members are in lockstep on solving this crisis. Also, they say that Mr. Biden's temperament is no different than in years gone by. He has always been passionate about his job and the country. So those are the quick facts and data on a White House that is apparently full of chaos this morning. Let me give you my analysis and opinion. Well, political infighting at any White House is normal. It happens every administration, especially when something goes wrong. So we would expect that Biden's team might try to shift blame here to Kamala or Republicans or anybody else. But this news highlights something that is absolutely not normal. Joe Biden has increasingly bad emotional outbursts, plus irritability, aggressiveness, and apparently it all gets worse during the late afternoons and into the evenings. And those are classic hallmarks of either dementia or other brain-related diseases. Look, we all know this is true. It's why 86% of Americans think that he is simply too old to serve, with a similar number back in December who said that he is mentally impaired. Plus, we now have this special counsel report that we got last week that said that the DOJ would not charge him for crimes that he absolutely committed, but he's simply too senile. So stepping back from the immigration debate this morning, we've got a, better, a much bigger problem. The man in the Oval Office is sick. And it's affecting policies from the southern border to the economy and beyond. In my view, that should be front and center as we debate this year, not only our failed border policies, but who ought to be the next president. And that actually takes us to our second report of the morning. The White House is refusing to put Mr. Biden through a cognitive test during his upcoming annual checkup. On Monday, White House spokeswoman Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked whether his physician, Dr. Kevin O'Connor, would have Mr. Biden take a set of tests to help address or put to bed the widespread concern that our commander-in-chief has dementia or some brain-related disease. Ms. Jean-Pierre said no, the doctor would not. Quote, the president proves his mental competence in every way, every day, in how he operates and how he thinks by dealing with world leaders, by making difficult decisions on behalf of the American people, end quote. But Ms. Jean-Pierre refused to address this next curiosity. Mr. Biden's doctor has never taken questions from the press about his health. That is a break from White House protocol. And that is leading Republicans to say that they are very worried about the fitness of our commander-in-chief. But also, they admit that uh, this might just make for some good politics. Donald Trump, for example, recently told Fox News that, quote, Biden hasn't taken a cognitive test because he wouldn't pass one, end quote. <laughs> House Republicans are also uh, preparing for some hearings and subpoenas on this matter in the next number of weeks, all related to Mr. Biden's likely brain disease. That will include some documents, recordings, and the testimony of a special counsel, Mr. Robert Herr, to just confirm for us he and his team found that Mr. Biden committed multiple crimes but did not prosecute him because Mr. Biden is too mentally degraded for a jury to convict him. Democrats, for what it's worth, are getting ready for this Biden brain assault with some counterattacks, especially on the special counsel, Mr. Herr. They say that first, he's a Republican, so he's not exactly an unbiased prosecutor. 
Plus, they argue that he's not a doctor. He has no medical skill to diagnose memory-related diseases, so he just needs to hush. However, all those attacks or counterattacks likely aren't going to matter because Americans have already made up their minds. An NBC News poll showed that 54% of Democrats are worried about Mr. Biden's mental and physical stamina, say nothing of the 81% of independents who say the same. So those are the quick facts and data this morning. Let me offer you one piece of analysis and opinion. Well, my history buffs out there know that hiding presidential ailments is nothing new. Jack Kennedy was often sick and in pain. He took a lot of pills and shots to address it. Woodrow Wilson apparently had a stroke in office. His wife was effectively in charge while she hid his suffering. Finally, President Roosevelt was mostly paralyzed from polio, but the press actually helped to hide it. But what I would offer you is that's the past. We are now in a very different new world. And frankly, our country is being overwhelmed with crisis after crisis, whether that be the invasion of these illegal migrants to wars in the Middle East and Ukraine that involve nuclear armed powers, to the fact that we have been infiltrated by Chinese spies and malware that will bring this country to its knees if those folks in Beijing to, uh, decide eventually to invade Taiwan. So that's why, in my view, Biden's mental disease or whatever it may be is both important and different historically than those presidents of a bygone era. The stakes now are simply dramatically higher. And if we were a serious country, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Biden would be removed from office. But what it seems to be clear this morning is that we are not a serious country, at least not right now. And so Mr. Biden remains in the Oval Office. But let's see if this political calculus on Capitol Hill starts to change once the evidence starts to trickle out from these Republican hearings over the next eight months or so. Because I have a sneaking suspicion it will change some hearts and some minds, even if that mind does not belong to Mr. Biden. With that, let's cover one final piece of news before our first break. The U.S. Senate advanced a $95 billion foreign aid bill yesterday. But as they did, we got this next update from Reuters News Service. The White House rejected a private offer from Russian President Vladimir Putin for a ceasefire in Ukraine. Moscow's outreach apparently began late last fall, using mostly Arab diplomats acting as the go-betweens between the White House and Mr. Putin. Well, the Russians made this offer. Moscow would agree to a ceasefire so long as the battlefield would remain frozen in place. He was not willing, that is, Mr. Putin, was not willing to give up any land concessions or withdraw his troops. A future peace deal would hash out those issues, but until that time, he would, in fact, agree to a ceasefire. The White House rejected this offer out of hand, saying that Moscow should work with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky on all matters related to the war. Well, right around that time, Mr. Zelensky said that he had no interest in a ceasefire because if he were to do such a thing, certainly the Russians would use that pause or that time to rearm. Well, according to the folks at Reuters News Service, that is not true. Putin was sincere in this offer of a ceasefire, but no longer. He now believes that the time for diplomacy is over and that the war must continue. With those facts and data, folks, let me pivot now to my analysis and opinion. About a month ago, the Washington Post ran an article which was echoed by my own sources. that The Pentagon does not believe that Ukraine can win back any territory that it has lost to the Russians. Rather, it's a stalemate. 
and that Kiev must instead retrench its forces into defensive positions and grind it out for years to come. Well, that means that Ukraine has to recruit a lot more men, and they're trying to. They need around 500,000 more men, but so far, very little luck. As I briefed you on previously, that is because many Ukrainian men simply don't want to die, as people do often in wars of attrition. So these guys are dodging the draft and leaving the country. Tens of thousands have fled already. So knowing that, I think it's remarkable that neither the White House nor President Zelensky are even remotely interested in a ceasefire. So what that tells me is that there is something else going on. Because logically, you don't keep fighting when you can't draft men to fight, and your military leadership in both Kiev and D.C. say it is a bloody stalemate with no likelihood of that ever changing, certainly not in the short to medium term. So that's why I think there are one of two things going on. First, Western leaders in both Europe and the United States simply don't want to admit that they have either been defeated or can't win. So, to use different terminology here, damn the torpedoes, full steam ahead. And that will be the policy until the bloody reality is just too obvious to ignore. Second, it's also possible that politicians in the West have too many donors or family members who are raking in the cash from this war, either directly or indirectly. And we know that's possible because the Bidens certainly did that with Hunter in years gone by in Ukraine. So why wouldn't other leaders and their friends or family do the same? So those are my two hunches for why this ceasefire was pushed aside. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. It is you and your financial support that are keeping this podcast alive. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, I thank you as well. And I encourage you to do your part this morning and support the companies that support me. You will hear about them shortly. We'll be right back. My friends, have you gotten your Factor Meals yet? If not, holy smokes, you should. Factormeals.com is the best meal delivery company in the United States. I promise you this. I have tried the others. These guys are it. They give you more than 35 different meal options to choose from every single week. That includes Calorie Smart, which is a pretty good idea after the holidays. Also, they've got Protein Plus, which is a great idea for after the gym. And even vegetarian options, which is a great idea for people who are crazy. Just kidding. We love our vegetarians, too. Well, anyway, it's all delivered, ladies and gentlemen, fresh, right to your doorstep, never frozen. All you got to do is open the box, and after a couple of minutes of heating, you have got a great meal to enjoy. And that's true for breakfast, lunch, dinner. Plus, they've got some wonderful grab-and-go snacks and some tasty cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. As ever, I've told you this before, I love their pork chops. They've also got shredded chicken tacos that are so good. Also, they've got a new lasagna that is out, and it is top-notch. These meals, folks, really are delicious, and they are a perfect option for either busy people like me or retired folks who just want good, healthy meals, but they don't want the fuss of cooking. So support the folks who support this podcast, my friends, and get yourselves Factor Meals at 50% off right now. So go to factormeals.com slash right five zero. That's W-R-I-G-H-T five zero. 
and you get 50% off. Yeah. Again, that's promo code right 50 at factormeals.com slash right 50 and get that 50% off. But more importantly, my friends, you're getting a meal service that is good for your body and great for your taste buds. I guarantee it. Who's ready for a good night's sleep? Well, if that's you, you need to do what I did. Get yourself a ghost bed. Yeah, it's the company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. And you know it's true because I own one. I have the Lux model, which is designed to help people like me who sleep just a little bit hot. But they've got other models as well. There is the classic plus a new massage bed. And that's fun, except for the people who live downstairs. But whatever your model, get one of these things. The mattresses from the folks at GhostBed are built with high quality materials and fine craftsmanship. And when you get into one of these ghost beds, you feel both the material, the craftsmanship. And I tell you, here's some great news. This bed comes right to your doorstep. And if that makes you a little bit nervous about buying something without trying it, I get it. I felt the same way, but don't worry. They have a 101-day trial period, plus free shipping and returns. So folks, let GhostBed give you the sleep that you deserve, and you're going to get 50% off when you do. So go to ghostbed.com slash right, that's W-R-I-G-H-T, and 50% off will be yours. But you got to use that website, ghostbed.com slash right. And by golly, get ready, because when that bed arrives, you are going to be off to a great night's sleep. I guarantee it. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a mix of domestic and international events. First up is the latest on the State of the Union. That is our ongoing series that looks at how you and your fellow Americans view the state of our country. As ever, we are looking for facts and data that tell us whether Americans are happy and feeling good about this union, or rather, are we kind of cranky and feeling anxious about the future? Well, we've got a lot of great news to talk about to help fill in that picture as of this early February morning. So let's get to it. Polling from the Gallup organization shows that more of you are actually feeling better about the U.S. economy, so long as you are a Democrat. The poll shows that most Republicans remain skeptical, and independents are a little bit concerned as well. But Democrats are starting to feel a bit more hopeful. Part of that optimism might have to do with wages. Those continue to outpace inflation by a little bit. Wages are up about 4.5% over the past year, Compare that to inflation at around 3.4%. But that 1% difference is not enough to make up for the years where inflation was at 4% or 8%. And that probably helps explain why so many polls continue to show that Americans are wildly unhappy with both Joe Biden and his handling of the U.S. economy, along with the future of the country. To underline the point, we learned this yesterday. The Consumer Price Index that measures inflation, that was worse than expected for the month of January, up higher than economists had predicted. And that certainly won't help the Biden campaign as they make the case that Bidenomics were actually working. Although they are definitely still going to try, Biden's campaign points to this next fact. The U.S. economy added 350,000 jobs in the month of January. But as listeners might recall, the jobs data have been pretty strange under this administration. The first numbers reported look very good. 
only to be revised downward in the months thereafter. So who knows? Maybe the jobs numbers are accurate and good this morning, or maybe not. There's some fantastic debate about this that I've included in the transcripts. But let's assume that there is some positive news on the job front. The question is, who is benefiting? Well, we got a shocking answer to that question yesterday based on a report from the Center for Immigration Studies. It showed this. Legal and illegal migrants are doing great right now. They hold about 3 million more jobs now compared to the number that they held back in 2019. But that is not true for native-born Americans. Those folks have 183,000 fewer jobs than they did back in 2019. And that is especially true for men and those without a college degree. In other words, the pre-COVID era was a much better time for American citizens, but in the post-COVID era, it's much better for migrants, both legal and illegal. So knowing that, it may help explain two recent developments. First, a poll published by Fox Business News about three weeks ago showed that a majority of Americans cannot afford a $1,000 emergency expense. Some 56% said that they couldn't handle such a thing, with another 35% saying that, yes, they could have paid for it probably, but they would have to borrow the money to cover it. Second, this economic stress plus competition for good-paying jobs, especially for men and those without degrees, that is starting to change the face of America's two political parties. Based on a recent Gallup poll, Democrats are losing their historical advantage amongst America's minorities. Black and Hispanic adults are now increasingly identifying as either Republicans or independents. Now, to be clear and fair, this might be due to broader patterns of people leaving the left and becoming independent. But the data from the Center for Immigration Studies suggests that there's probably an economic angle here as well. Men and those folks without degrees, which, by the way, tend to be black and Hispanic folks, they are struggling and they're fighting for good jobs or good wages based on this influx of competing migrants. So those are the latest facts and data about the State of the Union this morning. Let's summarize what we know. And to do so, let's pivot to analysis and opinion. We know this morning that wages in America are slowly starting to catch up and pass the rate of inflation. But it is not fast enough to make up for the years gone by when we had 4 or 8% inflation. And that is why so many of us are so frustrated with every trip to the grocery store or to our landlord's mailbox. Meanwhile, it's not clear that our unemployment numbers are all that accurate. We need Biden's economic team to stop messing around with the data. But even if we assume that there are some gains out there, they are uneven, especially for working class Americans. It appears that those folks are competing with migrants for either good paying jobs or good wages with the influx of all of this cheap labor keeping the wages artificially depressed. For what it's worth, this would actually match data that we have from a major study that looked into this back in the year 2016. Plus, we also have another more recent study from last spring that said the same. And that is why I would guess that this really is driving the big reason for why so many in the working class of all colors are leaving the Democrat Party. They know or believe that Joe Biden and his fellow leftists embrace illegal aliens, and that makes life more hard. And that's why I think a lot of these folks are gravitating towards becoming either independent or towards the candidacy of Donald Trump. And polls actually support this assessment. Mr. Trump is making notable gains amongst black, Hispanic, young and working class voters, especially those folks without a college education. 
By the way, that is the same coalition that he had back in 2016 when he defeated Hillary Clinton. So that, my friends, is the State of the Union this morning. In short, people are still mostly cranky. Wages still too low. Inflation still too high. And voters are looking for political options to solve their problems, including politicians and parties that they have rarely supported before. So there you have it. And as ever, for all the sourcing for these various polls and facts, data and studies, those are included in the daily transcripts. You will find those, of course, at rightreport.substack.com. Finally, this morning, we make one more stop, a quick flight to Europe for an update on another set of working class people. It's the European farmers. To quickly refresh our memories, back on January 26th and February 5th, we started talking about the farmer protests that were spreading throughout Europe. We went from Ireland to Germany, from Italy to the Netherlands, and in every country, the message was the same. Farmers had absolutely had it with their leftist governments. Their main frustration was due to something called the Green Deal. It's a European plan to make the continent carbon neutral in terms of emissions by the year 2050. To get there, governments told European farmers that they had to take dramatic steps. Some of those included cutting back on what they could plant or, in some extreme cases, slaughtering their herds of livestock. Also frustrating for Europe's farmers is this, the allowance of Ukraine's agricultural goods into the rest of the continent. So here's the rub. Kiev doesn't have the same environmental requirements or laws and regulations for their farmers as the rest of Europe does. So that makes their crops a lot cheaper and it destroys farmer income in the rest of the continent. Then, of course, there's the war in Russia. And because of that conflict, the price of diesel has been very high, and European governments have been threatening to cut off diesel subsidies and related tax breaks. Finally, there are a range of localized issues, too, like uh, pesticide restrictions in France that aren't fair, say the farmers, or also European governments are starting to allow in cheap goods from Latin America. Farmers say not fair there either. So taken together, that is why farmers throughout Europe have just had it. We have seen mass protests where working men and women have parked their tractors and trucks on major highways, and ultimately, that has led to the blocking of modern European life. And that takes us to the news, or actually, to the calendar. Put February 20th and February 21st on your calendars. Here's why. On February 20th, Polish farmers have promised that they are going to block all border crossings with the neighboring country of Ukraine. Every road, every railroad, and every seaport will be blocked, all to force a total stand-down of both trade and movement with Kiev. And it is all due to those Ukrainian ag products that are flooding the rest of Europe unfairly, say the farmers, including into Poland. And then after that, the next day, on the 21st of February, farmers in Spain are launching a massive rolling protest into the capital city of Madrid. They plan to lock down that city. During those two days, we should expect to see some solidarity movements amongst farmers in countries like the UK, Belgium, Bulgaria, Greece, and France. We should probably also see the same in places like Germany, Romania, Portugal, and Italy. The question is, how far will these protests go? Well, all of that depends on how European politicians react. More on that in just about a week's time. But in the meantime, I want us to pivot to what this might mean here in the U.S. So here's why. U.S. farmers are set to see their biggest drop in income in about 10 years. It's set to fall 26% this year based on an estimate from the USDA. 
This comes on top of a drop of 16% last year. And that is a no-joke breaking point for a lot of farmers and ranchers. And that is especially true when you consider this. The average age of an American farmer or rancher is 58. In other words, you've got moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that are financially stressed and they are not getting any younger. Their lives and legacies are now at risk. So take that and remember that so many folks in rural America are watching their country become dominated by leftist politicians, just like the farmers in Europe. So it leaves us to wonder, will American farmers join in that set of global protests? Well, that is what intrigues me this morning. And that is why I will be watching very closely on February 20th and 21st. I want to see if what happens over there gives us any indication for what might happen here. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Folks, back on January 9th, we talked about the big fight with Russia and how that could badly affect the U.S. dollar and you. Well, if you're looking for ways to diversify your investments, boy, consider physical gold and silver and consider American Hartford Gold as you do. They are the precious metal dealer that I use and trust. And when you give them a call, they will explain how to protect not only your savings accounts, but also your retirement accounts, all by purchasing gold and silver. Plus, they will explain their buyback commitment, which is rock solid. And here's some more good news. Feel very comfortable using American Heart for Gold as they have a five-star rating from thousands of reviews, plus an A-plus ranking from the Better Business Bureau. So here's how you do it. Either give them a call at 866-353-2694. Again, that is 866-353-2694. Or you can just text them. Text right to 65532. And gosh, that's easy. Again, 65532. And just text them my last name. And when you do, listen to this. They will give you up to $5,000 of free silver on your very first order, depending on your total purchase. So again, Either give them a call at 866-353-2694 or text my last name right to 65532. And as you do, my friends, make sure that you remember that January brief about the currency wars, because that is why we want to consider physical gold, my friends, and silver with American Hartford Gold. I am two months into eating Super Beats Heart Chews, and I am fired up to tell y'all I feel it. This stuff works for me. It gives me a shot of energy, plus performance and endurance. And that heart-healthy energy is exactly what I was looking for. Best yet, if you pair Super Beats with a healthy lifestyle, the antioxidants in these little chews are clinically shown to be nearly two times more effective at promoting normal blood pressure than a healthy lifestyle alone. And it's so easy to use this product. Just two little tasty chews in the morning and you're set. No pills to swallow, no ingredients to mix. So do what I did. Go to getsuperbeats.com. That is B-E-E-T-S.com. And use promo code right, And you will get a 30-day supply of Super Beats Heart Chews for free and 15% off your order. That is a ridiculous deal for heart-healthy energy, but I love it. So go to GetSuperBeats.com and use promo code RIGHT and get that heart-healthy energy you need and support that healthy blood pressure too. You will be so glad you did.
Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It's a listener question today sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Valerie out in Danbury, Connecticut said this, Brian, sometimes you say that you have low, medium, or high degrees of confidence in whatever it is that you're speaking about. Is that spy talk? And what exactly does that mean? Valerie, great question. And yes, it is spy talk. So let's do a thought experiment. Let's go to CIA headquarters this morning, and I am going to be your spy instructor. So let's get to it, starting with some background. When an intel analyst has to make a judgment or assessment about something, let's say the possibility of a coup or a war, they collect all the intelligence that they can on the issue from all their sources. That could come from humans. That is called human or human intelligence. It could also come from electronic data like captured phone calls or emails. That's called SIGINT or signals intelligence. Or maybe it's from, say, soil or air samples. That's called MAZINT. Also, there's intel that you can collect from, say, newspapers or Twitter or academic journals. That is called open source intelligence or OSINT. In other words, the goal is to get as many of those categories of intel as absolute possible with the highest quality that all confirm or corroborate each other. And then the analysts put those puzzle pieces together, asking themselves, what is the picture that all this intel is painting? And what confidence do I have in each of these puzzle pieces? How accurate are they? Have they been vetted? Do they corroborate or confirm each other or oppose each other? From all of that, an analyst gets their assessment and their degree of confidence in that assessment. So let's run through one example to help us understand exactly what I'm talking about. There was a report that came out yesterday from the Wall Street Journal. It said that the Russians are using satellite connections on the battlefield in Ukraine using Elon Musk's company. It's called SpaceX or Starlink. The allegation in the Wall Street Journal, or what we might call OSINT or open source intelligence, is that Arab buyers are purchasing these Starlink systems somewhere in the world and then selling them to the Russians clandestinely. The Wall Street Journal said that their sources included a captured radio transmission between Russian soldiers who were bragging about having these Starlink systems. They also thanked the Arabs for buying them. So we could call that our SIGINT or Signals Intelligence. So I want you to imagine that you are this CIA analyst and you are reading this OSINT piece in the Wall Street Journal and you want to figure out if this is true to then put the puzzle pieces together and brief the president. Well, to do that, you would first start with operators like me. I would talk to my sources in the Middle East or the black market dealers that I know who work with the Russians. Then you would work with the guys at the NSA and they would talk to, say, the folks at Elon Musk's company or geolocate the systems that are in use. You then might reach out to what are called our liaison partners in places like Ukraine and Poland because maybe they know something or maybe you could interview a captured Russian soldier. And then with all that intel, the various puzzle pieces in hand, you get to work. You put together the pieces, the human, the SIGINT, the OSINT. And because you have so much intelligence from so many different streams of reporting, it allows you to say something like this. I assess with high confidence that Saudi Arabian nationals are buying Starlink systems in the capital city of Riyadh, and they are doing so without the knowledge of the royal family. They then ship those systems to Russian intel officers based in Ankara, Turkey. From there, the Russian intel officers board two private jets that I've identified, and they hand carry the units to the Russian front lines. 
Vladimir Putin is aware of this entire operation, but he has not told the Saudis of what he is doing for fear of blowback. So, Valerie, there you have it. That is the work that goes into an assessment that is made by Intel analysts who, of course, make judgments with low, medium, or high confidence. And I'll tell you, Valerie, this was such a great question. Later this week and in the months to come, we are going to discuss this again because world events get shaped by Intel. Wars get started. People live and die based on this stuff. And we need to ask, as these events happen around the world, what kind of Intel is shaping it? And what confidence do we have in this intel? After this morning, I hope you now see why. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.